We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Iron Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Pat and Jason. Not a lot going on right now with the Bulls or with the NBA in general. Classic August doldrums. The only thing really of interest on the basketball calendar uh, right now for men's basketball would be the FIBA World Cup. Uh, WNBA also in full swing lately, too. Um, so, Jace. How you doing? First of all, good. Got the week off this week. It's great. Played some golf today. That was that was exciting. Uh, so yeah, yeah, definitely quiet part of the year. Uh, we took last week off the pod. Uh, we we were just like whatever. Uh, you were moving. You're in a, your new place now uh, in the shy. I know you've kind of just been back for a little bit, but now you're in your play your uh, new place now. So that's great. Uh, yeah. So we're just kind of like mo- waiting for the schedule to come out. We got the FIBA World Cup stuff, but there's really not that much Bulls action there. Uh, I think Vooch is playing, but like whatever for Montenegro. I think Marco is playing too. RIP Marco's Bulls career. But yeah, I mean, the Team USA team does not have any Bulls, and there's just not that much Bulls action here. So just kind of sitting here waiting to see if they do anything else with the roster, which we'll talk about here on the pod. Uh, and then the schedule, I believe, will probably come out in the next couple weeks. Next week or two, it's usually like mid-August. And we always do our little, our fun little go through the schedule and pick the winner losses and see how that goes for us. But uh, yeah, otherwise just kind of, just kind of waiting for some, some news to happen. Ricky, how's, well, how's your move? How are you doing? I'm doing great. And I'm hyped that we have a special guest on yes. this episode. One of my favorite people covering the bulls. It's drew Stevens from the bigs. You can follow drew on Twitter. Yes. I'm still calling it Twitter. I'm not calling it X. Yeah. Fuck that. Look what drew did. Uh, Drew, what's going on, man? Thanks for joining us. Drew covered 11 games last year for the Bulls uh, in person. So, Drew, I guess my first question, uh, what was one thing you think you learned about the team from, like, being around them as a credential media member that 
you don't think you would have known or you didn't know just watching the games on TV? Is there any like any sort of dynamic among the team? Anything about uh, the team on the court, about Billy Donovan? Uh, any Anything you got like that? Well, first of all, thanks for, for having me, guys. I appreciate the invite. Um, in terms of something I don't think I would have known had I not been able to cover those games, um, <laughs> I think one thing that sticks out is just Billy Donovan and the way he is with the media. I think that if I'm looking at his hiring from a front office perspective, I think a lot of what attracted them to him is his ability to be like a front man for them. Um, obviously, Acme doesn't speak a whole lot during the season. And because of that, because of the way that these last two seasons for the Bulls have gone, a lot of the questions that probably are better suited for those guys to answer ends up going toward Billy Donovan. And I think the way that he stood and, and, and took those questions and answered them, I think there's something to be said about that. Um, it kind of struck me. I think if I was a head coach and I was getting just inundated with all these questions about um, certain things that are out of my control, it, it might wear on me a little bit, but I never seem to get that impression from him. Obviously, he makes um, – a good amount of money. This is what he's part of what he's brought in to do part of what he gets paid to do. Um, but I still think that is something that, that struck me from afar. Um, other things, just being in a locker room and getting a sense of guys' personalities um, in the way, again, that they interact with the media, maybe when the camera's off. Um, so you kind of, you, you get a sense for a guy's confidence level. Um, and that's something else that, that really, that really struck me. You know, when I'm, in the media scrum and we're talking to Zach Levine as opposed to Patrick Williams. Like there's just a different air of confidence that exudes or oozes off of Zach that hasn't quite reached that level with Patrick Williams. And obviously these two guys are at different points in their careers, um, different career arcs, different places um, in the hierarchy of the league, but you really can kind of feel it. Like you, you can, you can, if you didn't know Zach Levine, was the best player or the second best player on the Bulls going into the locker room after you got out of there, having had a conversation with him or throwing him some questions, you knew it then just because of the way that he um, carries himself, I would say. That's really interesting. Uh, I, I've been sort of curious just about Zach and his place on this team moving forward because his name was in trade rumors around the trade deadline associated with the Knicks. And then it was in trade rumors again this offseason. Supposedly, the Bulls were asking for a huge return for trading Zach Levine. They re-signed Nikola Vucevic, of course, to a three-year deal. DeMar DeRozan is entering the final season of his contract. Uh, They could extend him, right, before the season. And and if they don't do that, you know, then he's on a sort of an expiring deal. Um, and Zach would certainly seem to be the guy of those three who would have the most trade value. He's the youngest. I believe he is 28 to start this season. Uh, yeah, he's 28, turns 29 on March 10th. Uh, 
he's got a gold medal with USA basketball. <laughs> he's been an all-star a couple times. He's finally tasted the playoffs. He had the best game of his career, probably, against the Toronto Raptors in the play-in tournament, and then unfortunately did not follow it up with a strong performance against the Heat uh, in the final game of the play-in. But what do you think about Zach's place on this team uh, going into this season, Drew? Um, and also just like in the league. Do you think... I feel like the, I feel like he's underrated around the league. I think we've like have a pretty healthy appreciation of him, but like it seems like when we're talking about these trade rumors too, just like no one like thinks much. It doesn't seem like people around the league think that much of him. Like we talk about whatever the Bulls are asking for a lot, but like I don't even know. Have there ever even been like any rumors about what teams are even offering for him? It just doesn't seem like there's that much because he's his contract's not as big, but it's like whatever. With some of these new contracts coming in, he's whatever he's got four years 180 million left basically but some of these other new contracts i mean the jalen brown contract obviously is just enormous uh anthony mm-hmm. davis is making 60 million a year with this extension and like zach's not as good as ad when he's healthy and the jalen brown thing is kind of interesting just what you think of like whatever those two guys but uh yeah so they also like, whatever, place on the, the team. Real. yeah go ahead go ahead Rick. here's the real thing is zach levine happy on the Bulls, in your opinion, Drew, being around him, and is he happy with his role on the team? What do you think about that? Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he's hmm. Or is it too tough for you to tell that from being around him? Or you know, I'm just wondering if if you could glean any insight from your uh, media interactions. There was with the stuff out there Zach with Demar, star yeah. power. The stuff out yeah. there with Demar, like, are they whatever? Like, does Zach like need to be the alpha dog? Like, is he actually upset that whatever that Demar kind of took some of his shine? And like, there was the stuff with Billy, obviously, this past season too, where like that Magic game where he got benched on the stretch. I was sadly at that game as a fan, and it was miserable to watch. <laughs> Zach deserved to be benched that game, but like, there was obviously the reports out there that he was kind of upset about that, upset with Billy. So yeah. Kind of just playing off Ricky's thing. Like, does he think he needs to be the alpha dog? Like, is he okay? Kind of sharing stuff with Tamar and yeah, just moving forward. Like, where because he's whatever he's won one playoff game and then one play in game too. So, like, yeah, where is he at? I so I, I think he's happy on the Bulls. I just think he hates losing. Yeah, fair as any other competitor, any other athlete, professional athlete. I think, or most of them anyway, um, would tell you, or you could get a sense that they just hate to lose. Um, obviously, from afar, we can tell that he probably is not the happiest with the shot distribution late in games and would like to see things tilt his way a little bit um, in late game situations. I think even even observers and fans would even like to see um, some differentiation there between him and DeMar in terms of who's taking that last shot. But DeMar's game is just, it's so specialized that I think it, probably makes it a little bit difficult um, to do certain things for Billy Donovan to draw up certain plays or um, just to to make this Bulls team really pop. I think we've seen kind of some evidence of that um, the last couple of seasons, uh, especially when, when Lonzo Ball went down. There just wasn't – there wasn't the same talent or – maybe shot making around those two to really lend itself the offense to, stuff like yeah, that. To yeah. Really, really kind of weaponize those two, those two guys who are great scorers, um, very good. Some of the best, two of the best uh, bad shot makers, so to speak. But I, I think Zach, I'm, I'm still a, a fan of Zach. I, 
you know, I'm, I'm enamored with his offensive game most nights. But at the same time, you know, there's still questions. There's still, you know, this yeah, but about his game in terms of what it means for winning. I think we saw a little bit of what a point guard could do for his game with Lonzo Ball when he came in those first 35 games a couple seasons ago. And somewhere in the alternate universe <laughs> where the narrative about Zach Levine morphs into what we feel about Devin Booker. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's a universe where Zach Levine is a beneficiary of a, of a point guard sort of in the, the ilk of a Chris Paul and is able to win sooner than later. And I think that would make a, would have made a, a big difference in the way that Zach Levine is viewed around the league. Like I still think, He's a fringe all-NBA player. I don't think he's a, a fringe all-star, even though he's only made two of them. I think he's, when healthy, one of the three to five best shooting guards in the NBA. Um, again, just the way he can put the ball in the basket, his, his efficiency, his ability to play through injuries. Like, we saw that the year when they really took off with, with Lonzo ball, um, him playing through a thumb injury. I think he had before, you know, ultimately suffering that knee injury that kind of really hampered him down the stretch of that season. But Zach doesn't get the credit. I think he deserves nationally, but there is um, some meaningful critiques of his game and only he can change that, you know, only, only him and the team around him, maybe with Torrey Craig and Javon Carter, being on board now and him and DeMar having a little bit more spacing around them, having some, some savvy veterans as well, who also uh, play defense. Like maybe that starts to change that narrative a little bit this upcoming season. Um, but I definitely think he's maybe taken for granted um, nationally in terms of what he can do with the ball in his hands. Yeah, just as an example, talking about the national stuff, I saw this whatever the Bleacher Report trade idea, and obviously whatever this is just dead off season trying to come up with Damian Lillard trades and James Harden trades, and this came across my my Twitter, and it was like an enormous four team trade, and there was also the the Tobias Harris thing, and Tobias Harris plays into this too, and it was like the first one was from the Ringer, and it was like whatever trade Zach for Tobias Harris and like barely any draft capital. This one was like a four team trade with Harden and Lowry and Dame and Zach and Tyler Hero. And the Bulls were giving up Zach in this situation and like receiving Tobias Harris, Caleb Martin, Keon Johnson, 2029 first round pick swap. whoop de doo 2030 first round pick. And then also giving up second round picks. So like, and I feel like that's just like the, uh, just an example of just like how little people feel like about Zach's trade value. And I, it just seems like he is super underrated at this point when you are seeing stuff like, Oh, the Bulls need to trade Zach for Tobias Harris. And like, garbage draft pick down the line like why like what would you do that for to whatever clear the books for what like to get another guy who maybe he's good as good as zach like i can see these trade proposals involving him from people and it's just like like i feel like just the yeah and obviously the bull sucking last year does not just help matters at all uh and whatever he does have his flaws he has his late game he does have late game question marks in terms of decision making but yeah like when he was healthy second half of last year i mean his numbers were great he had two made two all-star games the couple of years before uh and it just does seem like just like no one 
And then I, I do get it. What if you just don't win games? Like you're just like, the the Booker thing you brought up. Uh, just like you're not going to get the respect unless you win and like go deeper into the playoffs. And just does feel like he doesn't get the respect. And like you see that contract, and it's like, oh, that's such a big bad contract. And but it's not. And like this, with the cap going up, like when he's healthy, he's like you said, one of the best shooting guards in the league, one of the best scorers in the league. Uh, there was some stat I can't remember where I saw it either. It was like the just the talent around him in terms of like spacing. He's still like such a good. He's doing all this without with like some of the worst spacing in the league with his teammates. So you do wonder like if the, adding Javon Carter, adding Tory Craig, if they, if that's gonna help. So like, like, so I guess Drew ultimately like what would you do? What, what would be your plan with Zach Levine? Do you want to keep him? Do you think would you like if whatever well, they're obviously going into the season kind of with this team as is, but like. Uh, do you want, do you think he will be around a while or do you think like, or would you be looking to trade him again? Whatever there've been these rumors, but whatever, if things don't go well this year, are you trading with the trade deadline? Are you like, I'm still going to roll with him. Maybe change the other guys around him. I think you definitely got to continue to listen. Um, I think any good front office worth his salt is going to do that just to keep their, you know, every option open. Um, Again, I think I went into this offseason and coming off the last season thinking that, you know, if any of the big three are going to stick around, he needs to be the one to do so. Um, I don't know what his 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 trade value can be. I, I think it's better than what is, has been put out there. Like you said, um, the ring of putting it out there with – the Bulls trading him to, to Philly for Tobias Harris and basically a salary dump. Like I, I think you can get more. You should, I, I would think, be able to you get more. <laughs> you got to be able to get more, right? Like, yeah. Maybe he's maybe maybe we're just in a time because we're fresh off this new CBA and we're, it's yeah. kind of like a victim of what we're seeing in, in the direct aftermath of that. And now that we're starting to see Jalen Brown with this huge contract, Anthony Davis with this huge extension, and people start to look at Zach's dollars and what he has coming up in the next, what, four seasons. They start to, to look, a, a, that looks a little bit better to people and they stop just being up in arms about how much money he's, he's going to be paid over the next four years. And maybe that makes a difference in terms of um, the different trade scenarios we see him brought up in. But I'm, I'm, if I'm management, I guess the only way I'm, I'm trading him Obviously, if I'm getting a package that I think is worthwhile, but also things have to be going pretty bad and bad enough where I'm ready to fully pivot yeah. off of this off of this direction that they that they've been going in and continue to double down and triple down on. Yeah, I'm feeling like or I'm hoping Zach can have the best year of his career this year. Um, and of course, that would have to come with some team success. What that looks like for the Bulls, well, in the last, I think, eight years since the 2015 team that came a botched David Blatt timeout away from potentially having a 3-1 lead on the Cavs in the second round of the playoffs. So since that season, the most games the Bulls have won is 46. That's been eight years. So can they match that number? Of course, that came uh, during the season they had Lonzo. Uh, until he went down in January of that year. So that was sort of the first season of this era of the team. Uh, I think that's what a successful year looks like for the Bulls, like winning 45, 46 games. We know they're not going to win the championship, uh, but I think just a season that keeps us engaged and where the team is, you know, 
giving us some good wins, taking care of business. Jason, I kind of want them to be like the Cubs, really, how the Cubs have just been kind of, uh, you know, the Cubs aren't a great team, but they've captured the fan base's attention. They, uh, I don't know. They're going to finish over 500, maybe. They should. Oh, knock on, let's knock on wood the there. Jason, how do you feel about the Cubs? And if a Bulls team was, you know, somewhat similar success, how would you feel about that? I mean, I mean, the Cubs, they have the third best run differential in the NFL. In the NL, NFL, Jesus Christ. Uh, I mean, the Cubs should have a better record than they do, but whatever. Like, they've been very good lately. And, that, yeah, if the Bulls were fun, like, this Cubs team has been really fun the last month or so, hopefully they keep going. Things have not gone well for them tonight. As we're recording right now on Monday night, they were getting smoked by the terrible shitty Mets. Unfortunate. They were also in a rain delay. We'll see if they finish that game. But yeah, I mean, if the, if the bulls had a season like that, uh, again, with one of the best like point differentials, uh, in the in the in the Eastern Conference, like yeah, that'd be great. Like I don't, I wouldn't expect them to have like the third best point differential in the Eastern Conference, but uh, like you said, forty six points, like. Vegas does not believe in the Bulls. Vegas, as they're like their opening lines, it was like 37, 38 wins. I think I just mentioned on our recent podcast, I put $150 on Bulls over. Like, even though I haven't felt like great about them, like I, I feel good about them winning more than whatever, 38 games. Um, so like with the additions they made, even with whatever, keeping this core together, even if we call them the mid three and like we've been calling on them to pivot and all this, like I still feel like they're still better than that. And like there is a lot of question marks still kind of in the East with what's going to happen with the Sixers. We'll see. I'm still assuming that Dame is going to go to uh, Miami and they'll be pretty damn good with that team. But uh, I mean, some of these other teams, like could the bulls kind of get up there and be whatever top five, top six, maybe. So I guess to Drew, we'll kick it to you now. Kind of just word. We have in general with this team. Do you believe in them like at all? Do you think they, are you okay with them kind of just doubling and tripling down on this core on the mid three, as we like, we like to call them. Uh, do you like the offseason moves that they've made? Do you think, is there th- anyone, anything else you like to do? So obviously I just asked a lot there, but it's a big picture in general with this team. How are you feeling? Do you think they can be a fun product and not miserable like they were last season? <laughs> <laughs> well, for, I think, I think um, I like the bet that you laid down. I do yeah. like that. I think they're, that's, that seems very it's a low, low number. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's they really lowball them um, in Vegas. Um, I'm kind of like Ricky. Like I'm, I know that a championship probably <laughs> is not in the works. This Sell the team, year. Jerry. Teams. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> e- even even still, like the fact that the front office hit on a couple of the marginal moves um, again, and Tory Craig and, and Javon Carter, two guys who we think can lift this team at least to a better state than it was last season because you have two guys who are not going to hurt you defensively but also are going to shoot the ball hopefully without you know any record scratching or second guessing um at the the detriment to the half court offense so I, i think they'll be better um i feel pretty good about them being better than a 40 and 42 team this upcoming season um, I try to look at like last year's standings and weigh it against where I think they might fall or, or where the best case scenario is. And, you know, the Bucks have a new coach. The, the, the Celtics got rid of their heart and soul, two of their best defensive players, and are rolling the dice on Christoph Porzingis. And, you know, a totally what, what may be kind of a new brand of Boston Celtic basketball. 
We don't know what's going to happen with Philadelphia and Miami. Um, the Cavs got off to an incredible start last season. Um, kind of wet the bed in the playoffs going up against a, a more physical uh, New York Knicks team. You know, do the Knicks come back down to earth a little bit? I, I wonder if, if maybe that maybe that five, that fifth seed is kind of the, the sweet spot for the Bulls if things um, go pretty well for them um, this upcoming season and if they can match up dependent, if they can maybe steal a playoff series. But when I look at it long term, I can't help but to look at the fact that when you think about the first round picks they gave up for Vucevic and the one they're likely to give up for DeMar DeRozan, they may very well end up giving up or having gave up more first round picks than playoff wins, which is kind of scary because it's, it's two to one right now um, in terms of yep. first round picks versus playoff wins. So I, I like to see that number change a little bit. I wish we were talking about playoff series wins rather right. than single games, but that's kind of the position we're in the, right now. Um, the DeMar pick is what? 2025 top eight. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, 25 is top 10 and top then 10, okay. 26 and 27 is top eight. Okay. All right. Yeah. Just don't go like the 12th pick again in 2025. <laughs> That'd be brutal. <laughs> Yeah, I just, wonder how much that pick being out uh, sort of affects their mindset with building this team. Like, that's a year where if you're going to be bad, you got to be really bad to keep that pick, right? Like, you got to be like one of the worst teams in the league coming into the season. And with DeRozan really being like the key floor raiser on the team, I'm really interested to see just like what they do with him. Uh, will they extend him before the season? Will they let him play this year and then sign him to a contract uh, after that? Or will they let him walk or trade him? So I do feel like the most likely scenario is probably that them giving DeRozan a two-year deal to line him up with Vooch. Mm-hmm. And while that's probably fair in a vacuum, like, if this season goes poorly, there's simply no reason to run this back for two more years. Like, I'm fine running it back this year, I guess, because uh, I do think they got better with Javon Carter, with Tory Craig. I think both of those guys, especially Carter, I think, was a really good addition for them and could help the team quite a bit with his point of attack defense, with his volume three-point shooting. Uh, so if they can get to the five seed or the six seed, let's say that's their best case scenario, 45, 46 wins, uh, then I wouldn't be surprised if you do see DeRozan back on like, you know, a two-year extension. Uh, but if they fall apart again and like last year finish, you know, barely making it into the play-in tournament or if they miss the play-in tournament, if the Pacers pass him up in the standings, if the Magic pass him up in the standings, if they're way worse than the Hawks, which is another team that they're like sort of in a similar tier to, I would say. And the the Raptors as well. Then there's just no reason to keep this together. So I kind of think this should just be a prove-it year. I probably wouldn't re-sign DeRozan before the season. to me, there just isn't a history of him commanding a lot on the open market. So I would say, like, you know, just coming into the year, like, 
if you don't sign DeMar to an extension and he has a great year, you know, realistically, how many teams are still going to be looking for someone who almost exclusively has to play on the ball to be effective is going to be 35 years old a year from now. Today's actually DeMar's 34th birthday as we record this. Uh, and is someone who's never been considered like a plus defender. So I don't think there's a lot of risk in not signing DeMar until after the season, if you want to bring him back. But, you know, the Bulls could have played hardball with Io DeSumo too. They could have brought him back on a $5 million one-year deal, had his rights as a restricted free agent next year. And instead they gave him three years, 21 million fully guaranteed. So uh, I will be really interested to see what they do with DeMar and, yeah, for you, Drew, like, I think DeMar does, like, probably hinder the versatility that the team has on the floor because, as you said, like, he is so specialized in certain areas. His game is so strong in some areas and so weak in other areas. Uh, but do you feel like DeMar is an important presence to the team still, like, in the locker room, uh you know, do you, do you think that the team could maybe benefit by moving away from DeMar Ball a little bit? Just like how you feel about him coming into his age 34, sort of a lame duck contract season. Man, I feel like that's the that's the catch 22 of it all right there, man. Whether or not you want to continue down this path or start to kind of retool, it, it kind of ends and starts and ends with, with DeMar because I think he he does still mean a lot to this team. To his teammates, you know, those young guys really do look up to him. Um, you know, the Bulls account will let you know as much with the training videos with Dalen Terry and, and Patrick Williams and how highly they speak of him. And even Zach Levine talking about their relationship and what he feels DeMar has done for his game. It's, it's just, man, it's, I thought that they would have done well to try to look to move him by last trade deadline. And it wasn't like to make the team better in terms of, you know, we moved DeMar and then the Bulls are for sure going to move up in the standings. No, it's more about kind of just resettling things a little bit um, and trying to play a little bit more of a modern, modern game. Um, DeMar is still, I think, the team's best ball handler, best decision maker. And if you take that off of this team, obviously there's going to be some some regression, but, but at that point in time, I was okay with it because uh, it kind of opened up the door for, um, you know, the younger guys to get more touches, whether or not you believe they're going to turn into stars or not, you get, you can get more of a, a view of what they actually are when they're not kind of confined to these um, tertiary roles on the team. Um it's it's just it's 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 a hard kind of needle to thread here, you know. I I think Demar might be, I don't want to say he's he's <laughs> he's too old to learn new tricks, but he he needs to reinvent himself a little bit. And I think Darnell Mayberry of the Athletic asked him that at the um, end of season presser, specifically about like his three point shooting, yeah, and you know what he could do to kind kind of make the team. Um, play more a little bit of a different style just just to help the team's numbers a little bit because we you know everybody has banged the drum for two years now about how much of a hole this team gets in because they don't shoot enough threes and, and give themselves a chance 
to stay in ball games from that from that standpoint. Um, but again, I'm 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 ready to willing to roll the dice with this team this season to see how things look, see how things go. I think that you know as much as I want to see Demar just fine tune his game a little bit more. I think a lot of that also falls on on Billy Donovan. Um, he's forgotten more about basketball than I'll ever learn. <laughs> Believe me when I say that. But it still kind of astounds me a little bit that this team hasn't been better offensively, even with his three best players, that side of the court being their strong suit. And again, I know that's not all on Billy because there's certain – aspects to the roster that just probably didn't work in his favor. But again, you got three guys who whose whose best talents lie on that end of the floor and you're not able to be a little more creative or do different things to to help this team be better in the half court. Like you have a pretty good post player in Vooch. You have a guy in Zach Levine who theoretically should be able to come off screens um, similar to some of the other guys in the league who are good movement shooters and you have a guy in DeMar who's a good isolation player again a heady player um a guy who is unselfish even though he gets the a rap sometimes of of um kind of getting the blinders on but there should be a way to work around those three to make things pop a little bit more offensively so um kind of a long-winded answer of saying I mean I'm I'm with it right now in terms of what they're doing but they shouldn't be afraid to abort mission um, if things are still kind of looking sour, uh, come next trade deadline. So no, would you say no, tra- uh, no extension for Demar for you this year, or yes? I think I, I think I let it play out. I think I let it play out. I would probably do that way too. I don't know if the, the risk of does he no he he be unrestricted um unrestricted free agent at that point, but kind of to to Ricky's point, what other team like his values to the Bulls is right. probably gonna higher than any other team in the league. And I think you you can afford to, to roll the dice there. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Also, if you lose him... I mean, maybe who cares? Like the team's pretty middling anyway, right? Like we'll True. see if they can, if the team can be better this year. But if the team wins forty games again, or right. even yeah. wins forty-two games, at that point, if you lose him, you're not really losing anything because you still have an average team. Maybe now, you I sign know the trade. goal of the goal of Bulls management 
is to keep the arena full and to keep the team competitive for a playoff spot. Not competitive for a championship. <laughs> Arturis loves to talk about how the Bulls remain competitive. And we traded for Vooch. It was a sign that we're competitive. Well, you weren't competitive for any sort of meaningful accolade or any sort of meaningful title accomplishment. Uh, they're competitive to be, you know, the sixth best team in the conference instead of the 10th best team in the conference as they were last year. So, uh, yeah, I totally I'm, agree with everything Drew said there. I'm very interested to see if if the Bulls somehow win this inaugural uh, midseason tournament. <laughs> how, I keep forgetting that's, that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm really interested to see how they spin that. And you know, the other thing is that while Billy Donovan could only muster the number 24 offense in the NBA with three offense first stars leading the roster and Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Vucevic, he also somehow turned those guys into the number five defense. <laughs> and Billy's always had a history as a good defensive coach. The Bulls also might have the best defensive player in the league in terms of his all-around impact and Alex Caruso. But it is still just remarkable that they were able to finish number five last year. When I think about the preseason uh, over-under of 37 and a half wins, that's what we bet on, right, Jason? Something like that. Uh, It was around there. The defense could totally slip. And then injuries is obviously the other thing. Like last year, Vooch played all 82, Pat played all 82, and Zach and DeMar both finished in the top 11 of the NBA in total minutes. I believe Zach was third in total minutes in the NBA last year. Uh, So... It'll just be interesting to see, like, can they really pull off a great defense again? Even if they can't finish number five, can they stay in the top 10? Like, to me, even being a top 10 defense would be this team outperforming its defensive talent without Lonzo Ball on the floor, right? So, uh, yeah, just another thing to think about this season, I think. Yeah, I mean, Caruso is awesome, of course. And then, like, they brought in, I mean, Javon Carter should help there. They have Io back. Tory Craig should help there. And like they obviously, whatever they're building the team around their main guys who are not necessarily defensive guys, of course, with all these other guys who can Pat improved a ton as a defender. Uh, it's just a matter of like, yeah, can they maintain that defense? Because I feel like they also kind of sold out on defense a lot too. that hurt their offense. I also think they got lucky a decent amount defensively because I feel like they gave there was that stretch there in the middle of the season when I was checking that they were giving up like a ton of wide open threes and just like teams were just shooting like incredibly bad uh that helped but I mean obviously Caruso is amazing they have some good perimeter defenders uh Vooch is obviously not like a real linchpin at center but like he's okay he's fine so it will be interesting to see if they can find that balance Drew, we, you mentioned you talked about the young guys you we were talking about DeMar and like opening stuff for the young guys and like if you believe uh, in the young guys and if the bulls are going to take us whatever have things go well we are going to have to see the young guys pat kobe io those guys take a step forward how much are you a believer in those guys taking that step forward their ceilings whatever you want to call it because i know the, the patrick williams thing is definitely uh kind of divisive amongst the fan base i feel like in terms of uh, people who still believe in him and maybe maybe not even star potential, but just like being just like a really, really good player. Like so I'm not going to go to the Kawhi thing or anything like that. But and others like I've been somewhat of a Pat skeptic, but like I do think like he, he had a nice year last year, but still just like still not enough scoring. Um, we still don't really see that dog in him enough. 
Um, so just where are you on the young guys and your level of uh, confidence in them taking that step forward that the Bulls very clearly need? I know we've seen some we've seen some workout videos, the workout videos in the summer, especially at this point now. Uh, we see Patrick Williams like in the gym working out with like you mentioned like with Demar. Like oh look at his his shot looks so much better and like we've seen Kobe oh his handle looks great and he looks better all around and like I said both guys had pretty nice pretty decent seasons they got better last year for sure how much better can they get how much uh, or just how do you feel about them getting better and meaningfully improving this team moving forward? So I'm not gonna sit up here and say that I think the sky is the limit for either one of those players and that's not to be disrespectful I just think that um, Kobe is capped a little bit just because of the sheer roster composition and his place on the team um, and the way the shots are going to be distributed. Patrick Williams is capped basically by his own mind frame and mindset um, as well as the roster construction. You know what I mean? So I do think that they take another step forward. Like you said, Jason, I think both of them improved last year. Without a doubt, you can see that for sure with Patrick Williams's numbers. You can't necessarily see that with Kobe White, but if you watched him play this past season against what he did the previous uh, years he was here, you can see that he just looked like more of a professional player. It looked like the game kind of slowed down for him a little bit. Um, even just the way he was talking to guys on the defensive end and helping guys get in the right spots. Like that looked like a different Kobe White to me, but I don't think that either one of them are on a star track, no pun intended. Um, but I do think they can take a step forward. It's, I don't think it'll be a, a meaningful enough step for them to raise this team's ceiling where you see them compete for um, compete to host a, a first round playoff series or better. Um, but I do think they they improve again, if that makes sense. Yep. Like they improve, but just not quite enough to where it's going to blow the lid off the expectations that a lot of people have for this team. Yep, that makes a lot of sense to me. And that's fair. I mean, both of these guys, like they're still so young. I mean, Pat's, what, 21, 22 still. I think Kobe's still only 22, 23. So like uh, there definitely is still room to grow and like, yeah, and like yeah, Kobe's numbers like I because I was like all year it was like oh, I was looking at Kobe's numbers and it's like oh like has he really has he really like gotten that much better? But like the end of the season he had clearly gotten better because like the end of the previous season he was brutal he was awful and it was just, like unplayable in the playoffs. Uh, it was not good. And then like last year like even like that Heat playing game like he had some big shots and just like he yeah he said he just like looked more professional and not just like. There were times where Kobe looked unplayable, and like that, that really wasn't a thing last year. So, like, just improving the baseline in this game, and not just having games where if he whatever went zero of five, zero of six from three, because he still is a pretty streaky shooter. Like, for as much as we like to talk about his Kobe as a shooter, and like he gets him up, which is great, but like he still has, I feel like a lot of games where he just is bricking shots. But like he can now at least do some other things where he's not totally useless if he is whatever has some cold shooting streaks. So like that's nice. And then the, and then the Pat thing is obviously we've talked about Pat a lot. Just like, can he R Ricky talks about how like 
well, looking at points per game can sometimes be reductive and all that. We just like need to see Pat get that points per game to like 15, like get, he's been in like nine, nine, like 10, like around there his whole career. Like, can he get us 14 or 15 per game? Take and uh, get more volume up on the three pointers, be a bit more aggressive, like on the offensive glass. Like we see him occasionally where he like, will have like a sick put back dunk. And it's like, do that more often give them maybe a, if they can do a little more with whatever creation stuff with them like as we've mentioned like with the way the team is like he's not gonna get that much on ball creation but like they can do it occasionally like second unit stuff like that can we get Patrick Williams to 14 15 points a game can Kobe take another step can he become a bit more uh, a bit more not as streaky as a shooter maybe get more passing wise um I guess are we assuming that Javon Carter is starting at point guard or do you think they start Kobe at point guard what do we? Is it the assumption so I, that it's going to be Carter? I, I think that's the assumption, but that's the other thing I love about them bringing in Carter and Craig is just the the competition that is going to breed um, between a point guard and a power four positions. You know, we I feel like a lot of people are, are leaning towards Javon Carter, but I've also seen some people um, kind of champion Kobe White taking that spot because of how fast he can play and maybe him speeding up. Um, Demar and Zach and Vooch, yeah. but I, I don't know. I feel like that might be a oil, oil and water type of mix. Like, how, how much can can you speed those guys up um, right. when it's not when it's not coming from the defensive side of the ball, like we saw with, with Lonzo Ball and, and Alex Caruso, you know? Um, but I think, yeah, I think popular opinion in, from what I've seen is that Javon Carter is going to start but I'm very interested to see how that competition goes because we all know that Kobe has his eyes on that, that starting spot, whether we think he deserves it or not. Like he's, he's gunning to be a starter and not a, a six, uh, you know, the six man off the bench. Yeah. And even then, like they do have some interesting combinations they could throw out there. Cause I mean, we talked about Caruso. Caruso is the look at like the advanced numbers last year, maybe the best defender in the league. Like, obviously when defensive player in the year, but like, probably the best guard defender. And like, so he's going to have to play a lot of minutes. You got Carter, you got Pat and Craig and we'll see where IO fits in. And uh, obviously if there are injuries, because the bulls were pretty lucky injury wise last year without setting aside Lonzo, which is not lucky at all, but the guys yeah. they did have. So like they have a decent mix of guys they can throw out there. If they maybe withstand some injuries, uh, the back of the roster is still kind of whatever. Um, so I guess, yeah, let's looking kind of at this whole roster as a whole here. Drew, are there any other moves you want to see them try to make here? They still have what? They're like right up against the tax. Uh, they have a pretty full roster, but like, uh, I mean, whatever. They have Dalen. They have Julian Phillips at the end. They still, they got Andre Drummond back. Uh, Carly Jones, non-guaranteed contract. Uh, I believe they could waive him and sign someone else to a certain amount of money. I can't remember what the exact numbers. I have it pulled up right now, but uh, I mean, there's like the Christian Wood stuff out there that He's, I mean, whatever, like whatever the Lakers are still interested, but Mavericks looking for a sign and trade. Do you think the Bulls should look into Christian Wood as another option? Is there anything else we, you would like to see them do to kind of just finish this roster? Uh, because they have tools to still add. They have still some of their exceptions. They still have the DPE, which is $10 million. Uh, They do have the hard cap to worry about. I think they're like 10 or so under that. Uh, or something like it's like nine or ten million under that, but they have some uh tools to add if they're actually going to pay the tax. So, do you is there anything you want them to do? Do you think they actually will go into the tax and pay it this year? <laughs> I'm 
I, I believe it when I when I see it. Yeah. The one funny <laughs> thing is, you know, uh, those incentives that Kobe White has in his contract, and if he hits them, depending on what they do with the roster from from this point on, um, you know, you don't want to just if you're gonna go into the tax, man, go into the tax. Go in, do yeah, it. go deep. <laughs> yeah, don't just do it to to, to pay Kobe White his incentives. Yeah. Um, I think the the one move. I don't have any specific names necessarily because it's to me it's not a really a whole lot out there, uh, free agent wise. Right. Um, but I would like to see them add another big who can either protect the rim or stretch the floor. Um, I've never really been a huge Christian Christian Wood fan, but I wouldn't mind them if they can convince this guy to, you know, play his part, play his role. Um, and maybe be like an alternative to to Andre Drummond, if they can somehow convince him to come to Chicago, I, I wouldn't. I, I would like to see that happen, just because of what he can do offensively. He give them a whole another dimension off the bench that they don't have. Um, and for all his defensive liabilities, like I think they have a decent enough infrastructure. Like if you put him, I don't know. Patrick Williams, Torrey Craig, you, you know, you got Alice Caruso, Jamar Carter. Yeah, I think you got some guys that can make his life easier um, where he's not maybe getting exposed as much, um, you know, with Torrey Craig and or Patrick Williams helping him on the backside, like if, if other teams were trying to attack him and pick and roll. But outside of that, I don't, I don't know, man. I know you would have to trade for like a, a Mike Muscala, I believe. Um, but he wouldn't be available until after the 23rd of this month. I believe he's making three and a half million. I don't know, man. Bismack Biombo is <laughs> a decent rim protector, but he's what? 35 years old um, or around there or something like that. So it's not necessarily like Christian Wood is the sexiest name out there. Right. Um, PJ Washington as well, but I don't think that's that's even more of a pipe dream. I believe. Yeah, it's like no way you can really get PJ Washington. I feel yeah, like. yeah, yeah, that's pie in the sky. So if they can find a way to add another veteran, like I said, I don't I don't think you'll find somebody who can shoot the ball and protect the rim. If you can just find somebody that can do one of those two things at a at a, you're not gonna find somebody doing it at an elite level, but a, right. a good enough level, better than competent. Like yeah. I, I would like to see that happen. Yeah, I mean, just to have some depth, again, if there are injuries. I mean, Vooch played 82 games last year. Vooch misses some time. Like, you have Drummond, you have Adama Sanogo. It would be nice <laughs> to have another big big man there who can at least be competent, that's, fill some minutes. That's my yeah. biggest complaint with the offseason, for sure, is right now I feel, you know, decently well about their 1 through 10 uh, on the roster. Uh, to go through it, that would be Javon Carter, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Patrick Williams, Nikola Vucevic, Alex Caruso, uh, Kobe White, Tori Craig, Andre Drummond, Io DeSumo. So I'm feeling good about those 10 guys. But you get a 15-man roster. And after that, you have Dalen Terry, who's unplayable. You have Julian Phillips, who is likely to be unplayable as yeah. a rookie. He's yeah. not going to be ready. You have Lonzo, who's literally unplayable because he can't run. <laughs> and then you have two spots left, one of them currently being manned by Carlick Jones, uh, and then an open spot. And if they cut Carlick Jones, they would have like $2.4 million to stay below the luxury tax to sign someone. I think it's absolutely imperative that this team signs a 11th man who is playable. You just can't go through a season with 10 guys you can count on. And like Drew said, I think it needs to be a big man who can shoot a little bit. Uh, 
Christian Wood to me is a no-brainer. I would promise Christian Wood rotation minutes. Absolutely. I would not say, well, you know, you'll be in the lineup when Billy wants to put you in the lineup. I would promise him minutes in the rotation, not a starting spot, but minutes in the rotation for sure. He's a really talented offensive player and the Bulls just finished number 24 overall in offense. Now, granted, Levine, DeMar, and Vooch are talented offensive players, too, and they still put up that really poor overall offensive rating. Uh, But I'd totally go with Christian Wood because he's the best player available. I don't actually think they're going to get him, though. I never have, really, since uh, the Bulls' interest in Christian Wood has started to be reported or speculated about from people outside of the team. Uh, I just want a guy who can soak up some minutes. So the dude that I like is Jeremiah Robinson Earl. If he gets cut mm-hmm. by the Thunder, uh, he's like a six nine big man who isn't a natural rim protector, but is you know somewhat capable as a three point shooter and just a high IQ big body. I think someone like that, if you were to get him, he could soak up minutes. You know, I also wouldn't hate Derek Jones Jr. Uh, if he comes back. It's sort of been whispered about that he might have some sort of secret agreement with the heat to join them later in the off season. Maybe after Damian Lillard trade goes down, we'll see what happens with DJJ, but he's still out there as a free agent. I loved what Javante green brought to the bulls, but I worry that his knees are cooked after the way he ended last season. So uh, in general, I think they absolutely need a playable 11th man. I mean, even if it's Terry Taylor, who's sort of an undersized big man who can give you some energy, I wouldn't love that, but I would think, Okay, well, at least, you know, he's an active body you could put in the front court, uh, which right now I would say is more than you can say about Dalen or probably uh, Julian Phillips. So I do like the two way guys, but I think you got to you can't just have 10 guys you can play. That's ridiculous. So they got to do something uh, to address that. And if they've really lost all faith in Dalen, they should trade him. Now, I wouldn't do that right yet, probably, uh, unless you know you really feel bad about him. They took him 18th overall over some good players, Walker Kessler, Christian Brown, to name a few. So uh, you just don't want to hold on too long. Because if he's ever going to have value, it's probably right now, even if you're only getting two second-round picks, you clear some cap space. Uh, maybe you can you know add another piece who can help you this year. You can't just have 11 guys. So... Uh, Svee Mikhaila is another guy I sort of like too, just as a pure shooter. I think he could be a decent get. He closed the year pretty strong with the Hornets. So yeah, why not throw a throw a minimum deal at Svee and maybe, Jeremiah Robinson Earl if he gets caught? Maybe maybe Bitten will turn out into something good. And I he think could he take could be Dalen's pretty good spot. too. I like all three of the two way guys, but so I'm I'm a little unsure on the rules. I think because they're if they keep under 15 guys on the roster, yeah. those two-way guys are limited to 90 games total yes. between the three of it's them. Something like that. So that's not that many. You just go pay the fucking tax. Sunogo pay the tax. Just go sign some guys and pay the tax. <laughs> and you know what, man? They didn't have to do this if they didn't sort of bid against themselves for Io Desuma. If they would have just brought Io back on five million or tried to give him, you know, a deal worth less than five annually, a three-year deal where he'd get more guaranteed money. You know what I rather have one for five or three for 12. You know what I mean? Like maybe you could have got him on three for 12 instead of giving three for 21. Now you got no flexibility and you have basically five spots at the end of the roster that you're sort of wasting. So that's been the thing that I've been hyped up about lately. You can't just have 10 guys. <laughs> 
I'm sure we'll talk about it more uh, as the season gets closer, Jace, because that would be something that would probably be filled more towards training camp. Uh, assuming I mean, again, move on from Jones, they they have flexibility if they will pay the tax. There are nine to ten million under the hard cap. They have the rest of their mid level, which is like six million. They have and they have the, Lonzo the biannual, which is like four million, and they have the Lonzo thing. Like they obviously again, they cannot use all of that because there's no roster spots. They have a hard cap. But if they will are willing to go into the tax up to that hard cap, they could use a few of these things and bring in better players. I know there's not that much left out there, but again, if they want to go pay over pay Christian Wood a little bit, they could. They could give him the biannual or something like that and go into the tax. But are they not going to do that? Again, as Drew said, believe it when we see it. But like they have some flexibility to add salary right now. It's just a matter of actually paying the goddamn luxury tax. And again, they can pay it they can go into it now and they can get out of it if things go bad they can go salary dump caruso and get some fir- some first round picks or they can trade whatever some of the bigger names like they can go into it now and get out of it later if things go poorly so just go into it now go use some of this the salary flexibility they still have to add a couple guys to this team that can make them better it just it seems yeah. pretty simple i know again the names out there aren't that great but they can do it they have the ability to do it it's just a matter of paying Getting going into the luxury tax. That's it's as simple as that. So. Yeah, I mean, go go into the season with your you know the strongest roster possible, man. And, and yeah. like you guys alluded to, is <laughs> there's already certain spots or certain guys that we don't really project to see on the court this year. Like we may see Dalen even less this year than we did last year, which is which is crazy. <laughs> That'd be brutal. <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, one thing I'm excited about is. If you look at the averages, the average three-point attempts from, you know, the projected nine outside of Andre Drummond, of course, like it it would put them at like the 14th best. Uh, Much better. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a hell of a climb up from last in the league. So obviously, new situation is going to be a, a different team on the court. We have to see how that plays out. But if nothing else, that at least bodes well. Hopefully that's one less thing we have to complain about is the <laughs> three-point discrepancy uh, next season. I will absolutely take mid. three point. I will take mid and three-point attempts. That's one thing where mid is fine after being 30th. 20th, if they could finish 20th, it'd be unbelievable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like That could be a big... The last few years have been so bad in three-point attempts. <laughs> and 30th yeah. the last two years, I believe. Yeah. yeah. It's rough. It's, it's wild. Yeah. It's wild. <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah, that's why Car- yeah, Carter and Craig were good in that they, they are they'll get him up. Car and Carter's hopefully his percentages stay up. And Craig had a good year last year. Don't know if he'll be 39% again, but I mean if he can give us 36, 37% on three or four attempts per game, like that's I mean, that's much better than Jones, Javante, those guys. And it's just it's the math thing. Like I, I don't want to like bear, just boil it down to just that, but it's crazy when you have Zach, Demar, and Vooch like all having good individual seasons, and you still have the 24th ranked offense because your math problem is just is exactly that. You just don't shoot enough threes. It's crazy. So like that should hopefully help them, uh, and we'll we will see. Ricky, do you have anything else for Drew? Any other questions for Drew? No, I'm good. Drew, thanks for joining us, man. This was a fun episode. Yeah. Any Drew? Any final thoughts here? Anything else you kind of just want to get off your chest about this team predictions? hot takes, anything like that. Just open the floor for you. Uh, and then also, if you want to plug anything, please do that as well. Um, Man, I'm, I'm really interested to see what Billy Donovan does with a roster that I think is the best that he's had since he's been here in Chicago. 
if he's able, him and his staff, if they're able to come up with some new wrinkles to get this offense um, a little bit more juice. You know, he has players now where he doesn't necessarily have to sacrifice offense for defense or vice versa. So I'm, I'm really interested to see how that goes for him. Um, again, I think I think the Bulls will be better next year. How much better? I'm not totally sure, but um, it should be much better to watch. The product should be much better uh, this upcoming season. But I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, you know, anybody out there, you can – Look out for me and, and Matt Gentile on the Rebuildable podcast. We're on kind of a little bit of a break, not as not of its uh, downtime with the off season. I also do another podcast with Josh Hicks, who's also working with me um, with the Bigs called Bulldoze. Um, both of those, obviously, again downtime and off season, so we haven't really been on the mic too much uh, recently. But that will pick up as we get closer to the start of the season. Drew, thank you so much for joining us today. This was great to have you on. Yeah, as it's downtime of the year, but it was always, it's always good to get some different perspectives about the Bulls. Uh, and we got, I think we'll we. I don't think there's been a schedule announcement just yet, but again, I think it's usually mid to late August. So hopefully, here in the next week or two, we will have that. Otherwise, uh, whatever. If there's anything else that come, happens, if the Bulls make any other additions, we will be here to talk about it at some point coming up here. So uh, thanks again to Drew for joining us today. That is going to do it for us here on this episode of Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. As always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network. Uh, please, if you like what we're doing here at Cash, go check out all the other great pods all across the network. There's tons of great stuff all across Blue Wire. For us here at Cash, please rate and review us. Give us those five-star ratings. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, all those good places where you get your podcasts. You can find us there. You could follow me on Twitter, still calling it Twitter, at Bulls underscore J. Follow Ricky at SBN underscore Ricky. So, again, not totally sure when we'll record again. It is downtime, but whatever. There's something coming up here. We'll see. But uh, we will talk to you guys next time. This has been Chicago, uh, Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. Later, guys. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.